Alrighty, good day guys. It is Daniel again with Practice Squad Sports, ready for another red hot podcast, fresh off the press. Again, NBA season, still extremely excited for it to be back. So just continuously producing content. So and again, I'm joined by none other none other than Max, Max Richardson, the regular. I feel like we've got a little bit of a um Dynamic duo going on here, Max. What do you reckon? How are you? Yeah, I think we do, Stegs. Uh, a <laughs> bit, uh, bit shaky after the Sixers just got out with a win today, but yeah, I'll watch some basketball and talk about it a bit with you. Of course, man. I think I'm just way too excited, honestly. I just still have so much to say. I've been kind of a bit burnt out recently with the amount of basketball I've been watching. It's probably not good, to be honest, but hey, anyway, you enjoy your time, it's, it's worth it, so... And we've got a couple of things to touch on today anyway. We just wanted to talk about a few games, I guess, that have been played today and yesterday. And just a couple of teams that we were off to a pretty good start this year. Um, one of those teams, Max, is the Brooklyn Nets. And we touched on them as well very briefly in our preview show, um, NBA preview show for the season. Um and they had so improved. Like, think about where they were two years ago, Max. Where they are now, it is a testament to uh, Sean Marks, their general manager, and Kenny Atkinson, the the head coach, and just what they've been able to, to do to change a franchise around. Yeah, they've definitely started out promising for those Nets fans. And add, in, add into that that they're going to get their first-round pick back this year after giving away what was it, four years to the Celtics, so yeah, a lot of promise there, and they've got a couple of nice little pieces to work with. Yeah, absolutely, and to touch on that with the uh, first round draft pick back, so obviously they had given up their first for the past four years, as, as you said, um, and what they'd done was kind of traded for late first rounds and just in the future, just to get more assets and who they've drafted in that, in that spot and kind of in the second round, they actually have done a pretty good job with the talent that they acquired. You look at Jared Allen, you look at Karis LeVert, who is a big one and he's had a significant impact with his capability of scoring, I guess, and just isolated basketball, which is really what the Nets don't have. They're not the, they don't have an identity of, um, you know, go get me a bucket type offense, but with Karis LeVert, he brings that, and every team kind of needs that punch, and he's been able to bring it this year so far. Yeah, he's got, they do have a lot of kind of volatile scorers with Dinwiddie and Crab and even Russell and even D'Angelo, sorry, D'Angelo Russell, that they, they can be hot one night or they could be not, and LeVert, obviously these first couple of games looks like he's can be the one that can go and get, go and get Kenny Atkinson the bucket when they need. Yeah, that's it, and as I said before, like sometimes the shot clock's going to be winding down, and uh, there's going to be broken plays and whatnot. And you do need that guy who's going to you can kind of just put the ball in his hand and clear out the space and just get you a bucket. And Carousel Vert's been impressive. I'd, he's what averaging twenty something over the first three games of the season. Yeah, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I don't 20, have twenty-eight. Yeah, I don't have the numbers up, but twenty-four point seven. Twenty-four point seven. Yeah. So, I mean, that's incredible for, he was a uh, 
He was a mid mid round pick, I think. Mid round pick. Yeah, I think he was uh, from. Yeah, and then they traded him. I think he was traded maybe. Him, yeah. uh, Seventeen rings a bell. Yeah, but I that could I could be dead wrong, but uh, but you know, obviously as well with the Nets, they have a lot to be um happy about with the way they start the season. Obviously, they're kind of the big name player on the team, D'Angelo Russell. He's become a, a bit of a wizard with the with the ball, and he can get to his spots and can always maneuver through traffic and find, uh, I guess, where he wants to go to get a shot off. So I think he's had a pretty significant year, as I touched on as well in the. Uh, uh, preview podcast. He's got a bit of he's got a bit of leverage on his jump shot now, which I think is going to help him a little bit with his mid uh, mid range to especially three point game. Yeah, and also if you look at the couple of the additions they made this year, Jared Dudley, um, and also who's the other one I was thinking of, uh, Ed Davis, um, mm-hmm. kind of steady role players. And just watching the film with particularly Jared Dudley, he he starts and he just kind of brings that calming veteran presence out there he's always communicating on defense telling guys where to go you always see him in the huddle yeah. being real vocal especially with the younger guys um and then davis obviously had some pretty significant off the bench years in portland and he just comes and brings that steady defensive presence and gets you a couple of points here and there and also just to note that they have been missing um Rondé hollis jefferson since the start of the season i think he's just had a kid so he's been missing um he'll provide a bit of spark offensively but more importantly defensively um, at that three spot yeah defensively especially he's kind of come into a bit of a lockdown hard night defender which i think has been he's been very valuable for brooklyn for the past three years but you're touching on it davis as well he's just a tremendous rebounder he actually made a statement uh early in the year that the nets are going to be he's like uh, he said they're going to be top he's like top five in rebounding or something like he made that statement just with the tandem of Obviously, Davis and Jarrett Allen as well. And especially, you can... A guy like Ed Davis can say that because he does... He gives a shit when it comes to rebounding. Like, he, he's going to go out there and absolutely fight for every board. Um, so that's a big part of Ed Davis's game. And one, probably the part that stands out the most to me. So, But yeah, as well, touching on Jared Dudley, I think he, he's a pro's pro. He's, uh, he knows the game inside and out. He knows when to you know pick his spots, when to take a charge, when to honestly yell at the ref, get his team going a bit. It's a th- like he actually spoke to Woj about it. He did yeah, a podcast uh, with Adrian Wojnarowski, um, and he he says yeah, there's times where you know he feels like he needs to yell at the ref to kind of get his team going and to show that he's got his team teammates back, especially the younger guys. He was talking about with Devin Booker when he was in Phoenix last season. That D book can get a bit. Um, I don't know if you said he would got down on himself, but he could he would get kind of a little bit frustrated at times. And when Dudley would do stuff like that, it would get Booker going a bit. You know, his teammates at his back. So that's that's just a professional veteran kind of mentality that he brings to a to a club that's very much in a transitional period and a club that's you know on the right track definitely, especially considering the uh, coaching and head office roles that they've that they've got now in the direction that they want them to go in. Yeah, and just touching on Dudley a bit more, he's the kind of guy that you're not going to see his full value when you look at a box score. Nah, no, not at he's, all. He's he's, provo- he's definitely, he's always on the bench um, standing up and clapping and cheering and being really that positive influence. And that's very underrated, I think, for particularly younger teams. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the one of the things that, you know, young players 
you know, when they talk about a veteran presence and every team needs a veteran like that, obviously it goes without saying that it's for those reasons where younger players won't know how to react to certain situations and, you know, Dudley especially can bring him back to earth a bit. So I think that it, Jared Dudley on a team like that, I'm pretty sure he was traded as well. Yeah. Um, so, and just the way he's transitioned straight into the exact same role as he, what he played in Phoenix, a place that he loved to play in. He's brought that exact same mentality to a younger ball club in, in Brooklyn. So he's just a pro's pro, and I think he's, he's a val- valuable asset to have on any team. Um, another nice little piece they've got just the year, this year is uh, the Latvian forward. Kuroots. Uh, yeah, Kuroots. He's a very Kuroots. interesting player. He's he's 6'9", um, 220, but he has an outside touch that's, I think, very welcome to what they're trying to do there in Brooklyn. And I know just especially watching the Nets paces and the Nets Knicks games, he had a bit of um, kind of something to him where you could see that he could carve out a role in that system kind of in a longer term. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of things he did, um, I know, like getting offensive rebounds off um, free throws, uh, kicking it out for a Spencer Dinwiddie three. That was one that stuck with me. Yep. Just those kinds of things that um, really kind of gets the team going and can really turn a, turn a run around or get a run going. Yeah, definitely. And he's, um, I'm pretty sure he's another 20-year-old. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's 20. 20. He, he's uh, kind of the same as... Yeah, you're right. He's, he's very long and he, he can get to the bucket and he definitely provides a spark offensively. He's almost like Trey Young, how I mentioned kind of gets a little bit excited. Yeah. <laughs> gets a bit excited at times. I feel like he's kind of got that same vibe coming off him. He just gets a bit excited sometimes and he'll just kind of throw a bad pass. Again, all the learning stuff that's just completely understandable. But you, the energy that, that where it comes from is where you see the, the bright side of his game and, the, and what he does bring that's positive. So... Yeah, he's he's been a he's been a great find and a countryman of my franchise player and Porzingis, may I add. No, and another player that I want to add actually, Max, is uh, Joe Harris for the Nets. Joe Harris is he does everything he does everything right. He doesn't. There was a play where he made a cut and he was open and D'Angelo Russell had the ball. Admittedly, it was it was a bit of a hard pass to make. And D'Angelo Russell wasn't able to make him a pass, but instead of Joe Harris, you know, throwing his hands up in the air and running off to the corner, he set a um, he set a pick a down screen for Jared Allen. Oh, not a down screen, sorry, just a screen at the free throw line, and Jared Allen was able to roll to the rim, and Russell was then able to find Allen, and he was just able to get a layup. And I just little things like that where Harris didn't get the pass, didn't sulk, didn't run to the free throw line. He made the extra possession. He kept moving set a screen and it led to his team getting a bucket. So it's kind of an unofficial assist for Joe Harris in my mind. And that's the type of stuff that he brings in. The Nets paid him actually in the off season. Yeah, significantly. Significantly. Well, and seven mil a year or something for four years. Well, I think I... I think he's worth every, every penny. Yeah. I, I really do. And like not many people are going to wouldn't have heard of Joe Harris. So he, he's a, he's a very good player for the Nets. And I think what he does as well and what the Nets do in general very well is the spacing of the floor. It's very, it's almost Spurs-esque, Max. Like, if if you look at some of their games, the way that they have the floor space, there is no one within, like, 
two or three feet of each other. Actually, that's a bit, maybe it was like four or five feet. I just realized it's not very, <laughs> two or three feet, it's not very far. Four or five feet of each other, and everyone's just constantly moving, constantly replacing, cutting, passing, setting screens when they don't need to, and just really good basketball, and, it, you know, culture gets thrown around in sports a bit, but I think Kenny Atkinson's really turned it around in Brooklyn, and just little things like that, seeing the Nets, and I change the way they play in that sense. It's really, it's really promising. It's good to see. Yeah, definitely, especially considering they've had what four or five years down the bottom of the league and haven't been able to um, take full advantage of their draft picks. So it's good to see that they've been able to turn around kind of internally and build something there. And I think that starts, like you said, at the top with the GM mm-hmm. um, Sean Marks and the coach Kenny Atkinson. Absolutely, I think it's a really promising. Promising sign for the Nets for the future. And, and don't get me wrong, they probably won't make the playoffs. Like, they won't make the playoffs. Um, but, again, they're just making the right moves and looking promising moving forward. And that's that's all you can ask for in a team. You don't yeah. want a team to suck for too long. So, really good to see. Um, but, you know, that's enough about the Nets. I was just actually really excited about them, too. I said that that's the team that stood out to me the most this off uh, the, to the start of the year, honestly, the Brooklyn Nets. I just had a bit to say about them, but another team I want to talk about is the kind of, they're not really the reimagined Toronto Raptors with Kawhi Leonard. I think the reimagined is a good word because they're not very different. It's just they've kind of swapped one star player out for another star player. Um, another player that they got in the trade as well is Danny Green, who I, who I think is a great asset for the for the Raptors. What, what do you think, Max? Yeah, he just adds that other wing long win that can shoot the three and defend and we're seeing the way the league's going these days that it's pretty much is however many you can have that's as as beneficial as possible and um not only that is he can defend but yeah like i said he can also hit the three ball so he's definitely an asset to have on the offensive side yeah no for sure and one thing that i love about uh danny green the most and don't and like don't forget as well like Kawhi leonard and danny green are nba champions a championship starting players in the NBA. Like, that is... They're hard to come by. So, Danny Green was kind of underlooked in the in the trade and, you know, obviously with age and stuff. But the way he moves off the ball... And now, he doesn't move like JJ Redick off the ball. But he knows where to, he knows where to go and he can get an extra three a game simply by standing in the right spot and moving at the right time when a player may, maybe may drive baseline. He'll know to sprint to the corner and give that uh, corner three shot as an option or even if it's like off a screen he'll know not to flare out or roll to the hoop he just all he'll need to do is kind of take a couple of steps back and he'll be on three-point line and the you know the ball handle might get double teamed and then Danny Green's open I saw that today in one of the in one of the highlights there was an instance where that exact thing happened and it was literally all, all the substance from Danny Green knowing where to go off the ball and as I said he doesn't move like Redick but it's He's got the smart, like he's more the mentality of, you know, just knowing where to go. So, yeah, and not only that is that if he does get open, and hits that three, it kind of sends a message to the other players, like the Fred Van Vleets and the Norman Powers, that that is how you can get a bucket. Yeah, and it, it's kind of infectious that they grow off that and they know, and you can see it when they play is they they're passing and moving. They're not kind of that. Uh, two years ago when they were just wanting to go ISO with DeRozan and Larry, they're moving the ball, kicking it, um, yeah. setting screens. And another underrated thing is that I think is that um, 
he doesn't get a lot of praise for it, um, and he doesn't have the flashy kind of behind the back passes. But Kawhi Leonard, I think, is a really good passer. Yeah, he is. He just he has a lot of times where he just it's not necessarily he just makes the right pass, and it's always the one. It's always clean, and yeah, like I said, it's not flashy, but it's I think it's an underrated aspect to his game, especially when he's being double teamed or it's a pass into the post or something, um, and. Yeah, especially all that ball movement, having guys that can pass from the post or um, out on the perimeter definitely helps with hitting threes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Norman Powell is going to be a beneficiary off of uh, Danny Green being on the team. I think he's going to you're going to might see a more efficient Danny uh, Norman Powell. So sorry. And yeah, you mentioned as well just the way the Raptors have moved the ball. I think that's as well. With the coaching change at, at head coach with Nick Nurse coming, he's definitely more of an offensive-minded coach. Whereas, um, whereas, oh, mind blank, Max, um, old uh, Casey, Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey, who's with who's with uh, Detroit, Detroit now, he's definitely more of a defensive-minded um, coach. So you're gonna see, yeah, you're seeing just a different, yeah, reimagined Raptors as I touched on before. So. And again, I think they're better now, you know, you get one of the best players in the entire league. Even if it's just for the season, you know, there's talks of if he will, if he will resign or whatnot, but assuming that he does, I think it, they've instantly gotten better with that addition, so they are a good team. And another player I think has um, gotten a bit better over the offseason and has added a different part to his game is Pascal Siakam. I've noticed he's been a bit more aggressive offensively. He's getting trying to get to the hoop a bit more, looking for a shot a bit more as well. So that's really good to see coming from a defensive first type player. Yeah, I think that probably stems from Nick Nurse and the coaching that's wanting to get him more involved. Because if he can add that baseline kind of offensive game, then he's a nearly an all-star caliber player the way he plays defensively. Yeah, and again, just another young player. I think it's really promising seeing all these young players around the league. Uh, Siakam still, again, not don't have an age here, but he's 21, 22 maybe? Yeah, I would say so. Just one thing I wanted to add on the um, the Friday game between 24 when, the Celtics, when the Celtics played the Raptors. Yeah. I know um, the Raptors went on a 10-0 run down the stretch. I think it was, it was about seven to four minutes. Um, in the last quarter to go, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And that was through getting the ball to Lowry, oh, sorry, not to Lowry, to Kawhi Leonard and him scoring. Yeah. And I've kind of been reading a bit and thinking that when push jumps to shove, does Boston have a guy where they can get a bucket? Now, I know Tatum's really good, but he's 19. And I'm just thinking, like, when it comes to the Eastern Conference Finals, is Jason Tatum going to be able to do that like Kawhi Leonard is and I know they've got they've got just got a whole lot of those kind of A- minus superstars where yeah. I think that's where Toronto can take it to the next level because they do have that A plus in Kawhi and that's honestly why I, I think I feel like they're definitely pushing Boston for that number one seed I'm not sure if you're having a mind blank Kyrie yeah you don't think uh, I don't know don't know if he's the same player maybe I don't, I don't think so I think so, yeah, injuries, a couple of knee injuries, and yeah, I mean, I still think he's that type of player, I still think he can get, can get you a bucket, still got the ball handling wizardry, 
still get to the hoop. His shooting has seemed to maybe have taken a step back. His shooting. But I still think he can get you a bucket, especially, yeah, just with his ability to get to the rim and he's finishing around the rim, so. But no, I do understand what you're saying. And as I said, I think, yeah, the Raptors are better. And I obviously, I know you're a Sixers fan, I apologize, but I do think it's going to be Raptors, Celtics, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I, I think there's a clear distinction between those top two. Yeah. And, then, and then there's probably a group of three with us, Milwaukee and Indiana, I'd say. Um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely think there's a clear cut between those top two Eastern Conference teams. Yeah. So, no, I definitely, yeah, I definitely do think they are better, as I said. And especially with Kawhi, yeah. Top three player, top four player. Definitely. And that always plays a factor, so... Um, but yeah, there one game as well, sorry Max, just moving on, one game that I watched today was, I'm sure everyone had their kind of eyes on it a bit, just with the high scoring that was, that it was with the Mavericks and Timberwolves. One of the things that stood out to me the most was Luka Doncic. How, what did you take away from that game, Max? Like we've said on this podcast before, that he's the best player in the draft. I agree, he's going to um, be rookie of the year. Yes, uh... The thing that I was really impressed by was, particularly down the stretch, um, he did have one turnover, which was a bit of a knock on him, but just the poise and the body control. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of times when he got around a um, pick and he had a guy on his back hip and he just kind of rode him like the, the seven-year, the eight-year vets do and then was either to pass off or take that step-back J he hit. And that's I think that's kind of uncommon from the other rookies in the class and I think the professional experience that he's had in Europe has definitely helped and yeah he's he's a special talent um, he's going to continue to get better on the defensive end but his offensive game is already up there yeah I agree he's yeah 19 obviously and he's done that a lot where he's just like kind of play that you've mentioned where he just kind of rides the defender a bit and he's very patient I think him and DeAndre Jordan are going to build an extremely good rapport and I think you can kind of tell Jordan really loves playing with him already. Doncic is actively looking for him and pick and rolls, and just even when he's just on the inside, I think yeah, Doncic—that's just his playmaking mentality, and his personality that, or oh, what he brings to the brings to the game. So I do, I yeah, you go. You go. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say I think he's yeah, you're right. He still probably does has have a way to go defensively, and especially with Dennis Smith, another ex- exciting offensive player. It's going to be a no, very promising future, don't get me wrong, but I think they've still got a leap to make defensively. And I'm I'm sure, especially under Rick Carlisle, I think they can get there. So, Yeah, all I was going to add was that at the start of the game and when it was those the starting five, that Doncic was forced to guard with Wiggins at the three. Yep. And that particular position obviously has the kind of elite players in the competition. Yeah. Um, that'll probably change when Harrison Barnes comes back. But right now, um, especially when they have Wes Matthews and um, Dennis Smith taking the two guard spots, is that teams might look to um, take advantage of Doncic, who's a um, bit inexperienced handling the three position, especially in the NBA. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, as you said, when Barnes comes back, he'll probably take that three spot again. But it definitely at least shows his versatility and what he's capable of doing. So absolutely, it's something to take from. It's... Yeah, you can take something from that for sure. And another thing I really saw in this game was DeAndre Jordan. He just looks fresh and 
excited and new life, pumped yeah, up man. and bouncy like he always is. But he just seemed to have a bit of extra go about him that he was like excited to be there and bit of really fire. Playing. Yeah. yeah, I felt that as well. I noticed that. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you there. And just before we move on any further, so I just want to touch back on Luka Doncic before I forget. Two things that I like about him is that he has like, if he's making a dribble move or if he's making a move to the basket or whatever, I love that he does that move quickly. Like he'll do that at full pace. He'll do it at, you know, obviously game pace is what you want. But then when he tries to get off his shot or if he makes a pass, he slows down. He just composes himself and makes the correct pass and he doesn't get erratic, which as I said, for, you know, Trey Young and Kurutz, <laughs> they kind of do that where they just get a little bit too hot-headed and a bit too excited. But Doncic really calms himself down and makes the right play. Um, and another thing as well, yeah, he always, no matter where he's shooting from, he's shooting from the post or if he's shooting a pull-up or he's just taking some off the dribble on the three-point line, he always squares his shoulders to the basket and he always gets his shot off properly. I think that's why he's such a good shooter as well. And I think that's a, a very, it's an extremely valuable part to his game. I think one of his strengths. If you ask yeah, me. that's probably uh, that's probably been drilled into him since he's been six years old. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of. Yeah, it's te- more technical it's, aspect. Especially playing with men for the last yeah. two seasons. So. Yeah, Doncic is definitely a an exciting player, and I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I would tend to agree. No, for sure. Um. Yeah. No. Well, they're the kind of main stories that we kind of had a look at I suppose for the last couple of days we just wanted to get some content out there and talk some hoops again as we said like in the past you know this is this is just pretty fun for me and Max just able to talk to each other about basketball so if it's not for our listeners it's for us Max <laughs> yes I tend to agree exactly um, exactly anything else you want to add before we yeah we can t- touch on a couple of things obviously there was that uh, Lakers-Houston game today that was quite interesting <laughs> with the the kerfuffle. I was actually thinking, I mean, obviously, we don't need to talk about it too much. Everyone kind of knows what's happened and stuff. And When was the last fight like that? Was, like, was it <laughs> yeah. Malice in the Palace? Uh, I think last year, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Um, Aaron Aflalo swung at someone. Yes. 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 That's yeah. right. Um, that's the last time I remember. But no, and then the Brandon Ingram, the over-the-top sucker punch, that was a bit out of character for him and even I, what started at the push that was yeah I don't know where that came from that just really that felt like it came from somewhere deep that had something to do with other than basketball yeah. <laughs> that was I don't know it was just like a routine play fouled Harden like blatantly fouled Harden and then Harden walked away and then randomly Harden walked past him and pushed him very strange it was a weird sequence strange, of events yeah. yeah and then the thing that I well Having grown up playing team sports, I kind of didn't like seeing LeBron not look after his own teammates first. He went and took Chris Paul out of it. And I know they're friends and they're the banana boat crew and whatnot. But if I'm sitting on the bench, then I want my guys to look after my guys kind of thing. But that's just a personal tidbit, not nothing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I don't want to be that guy either. And obviously, you know, everyone gets a bit excited when there's like a like a fight breaks out like this, obviously it's it's interesting, it's, you know, fiery, I get it, I get it. But I don't advocate it at all, honestly. There are, like, I, again, I don't want to be that guy, but there are, like, 
millions and millions and millions of children watching these men play that look up to them and seeing them act like this, I think it's pretty unclassy. Yeah, it's a bad look for the league. It's not good. It's not good. I think, I'm hoping they get, you know, fined and suspended substantially, to be honest. I think, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Especially the way way they built it up for LeBron's first Staples game. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. It was, yeah, it was, it was very strange. It felt like it came from nowhere. Yeah. Um, Just to finish on a lighter note, Stegs, yeah. um, as a Sixers fan, I did watch the Sixers game today. Uh, not speaking about the Sixers, but I was really impressed with the development of Jonathan Isaac. I think he's come leaps and bounds. I know we touched on it a bit in the preview. Yeah. But just defensively, the way he moves and the way he moves his feet, um, especially today against... Uh, a couple of our players and Simmons at the start, and then um, kind of Covington and Sarich. Definitely, uh, the Magic have one for the future, I think. Now. Yeah, definitely. And I'd just love to see Frank Vogel just continuously uh, increase his minutes each game. I mean, he's, mm. he's, he's at the point now where he can play 30-plus minutes a night. He played 27. I think he's at the point where he can play 30-plus minutes a night and be helpful on both ends of the floor. So, that's obviously just going to continue his development and his improvement. So, I agree entirely. I think, as I said, yeah, I think this is going to be his breakout year and he's just going to get better moving forward. So, But um, it's been a really high-scoring start to the year. Yeah, I think that's just... I think you'll see as the season progresses, defenses start to tighten up and adjust to the new things that coach has been trying out. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been fun kind of couple of few days to yeah. watch some basketball and get basketball back finally. Yeah, see, it's funny though because I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a bit more of a I like the defensive side of basketball. It's been a little bit frustrating for me to be honest. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I, 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 I do obviously like the offense, but. I do like seeing good defensive basketball being played. And just quietly, it wouldn't be a Daniel and Max podcast without talking about the Knicks just briefly. <laughs> Touching on that. Just saying, Knicks have given up 107, 105, and 103 points throughout the year. And that's not too much considering the way that the year started out. So take that with a grain of salt, of course. But I'm taking it with a bowl full of salt and pepper and cumin and all spices. So... Really good to see, but yeah, and it, it is good to see, especially considering that's what um, Coach Fisdale's made his money on. That he's actually kind of coming through with, um, yeah, the results. I guess. Did you actually see? Oh fuck! Here I go again, just ranting about this. <laughs> Did you see yesterday when Knox hit a three to tie the game? Fizz, everyone's cheering, everyone's and, j- jumping and on Fizz, him and stuff. And Fizz, um, pulled him aside out for the defensive possession, what three? Yeah, before us, absolutely like, drilled him. Absolutely, it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. But okay, if it was the player I was thinking of, because I, I wasn't sure what the player was initially, if it was the player I was thinking of. It was a defensive breakdown on the weak side, and Knox had to cover two players, and they did score off of it. But I don't know I, if it was the player I'm thinking of. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, no, it was really cool to see where crowds going nuts, all these players coming from the bench jumping on Knox. And then Fizdale is storms for everyone, and he points at him, and he's like, "Get over here!" Fuck, it was awesome. I it loved was, it. 
was a bit of a missed opportunity though today. Um, yeah. Trey Burke had those three free throws that could have tied it. Yeah, and but could have been a different story. But I am a firm believer. Like a miss free throw is not gonna one miss free throw shouldn't decide a game. And obviously it came at a bad time, but should always do other things well throughout the course of a game to put you in the best position. Of course, position yeah, yeah, of course, so. yeah. I'm, uh, again, we didn't <laughs> win. Advice. We lost, but I like what we saw. I like what we saw. We're down 16 at one point. Yeah, it's a good comeback. So. But yeah, no, I was cu- touching on a couple of things over the last couple of days. We're going to try and hold out for another NBA podcast, I think, Max, just to get a little bit more content and watch a few more games so we can get a bit more of a broader understanding and broader, I guess, opinion on, on certain teams. I think we're going to try looking at a, um, I know I was going to look at a podcast with Rory during the week. Uh, I guess state it, the way too early season awards predictions. <laughs> we're going to just kind of go through our predictions for MVP, six man, rookie of the year defensive player and, and and such so that one's going to be pretty fun to listen into and i'm looking forward to that one um but yeah maybe we can do a maybe we can do that pod with like all four of us me you rory and jared so something we can look at anyway yeah um that one will come big, out during the week at some point yeah small sample size is hurting us a bit here we're just too eager to yeah honestly that's all it comes out. down to i think we're just way too excited we just want to talk a bit of hoops so um and, I, and as always trying to improve every podcast so everyone if you still listen to us thank you and we are continuously trying to get better so but you know max without further ado thank you very much for coming on bit of a semi-late one tonight but it's never too late to talk hoops so appreciate you coming on man no worries thanks Stegs. no worries at all have a good one and i will talk to you all soon